Straight Talk Uncut. What's going on, everybody? It's Tellers here, back with another edition of Straight Talk Uncut. And this episode is being recorded on May 25th, 2016. And the quote for this episode goes like this. I not, I not only use all the brains I have, but all I can borrow. Again, I not only use all the brains I have, but all I can borrow. And that's by Woodrow Wilson. Seems like a weird, I not only. Seems like a weird way to start a sentence, or a quote rather. But, so I was uh, looking up books this morning, trying to find a book on um, on cameras, I'm trying to find like a book, like one book, one like enormous book on like all the like camera history, pretty much, instead of you know uh, a book on Canon, a book on Nikon, a book on Leica, a book on you know all the all the uh, Kodak cameras. I'm just trying to find one. And when I saw that quote, that made me think like, what well, that's the the one biggest benefit that that I mean the most important thing that the internet brings to the world is the ability to borrow brains, to to borrow knowledge. It made knowledge, it made it made learning, it made looking up things so much easy so much more easier than it than it used to be and um and I, I remember i think i talked about this before i remember how when when i was in school when we you know before the internet when we had any sort of research project for school or paper you had to go to the library and if you didn't if you know if if you were lucky enough to have an encyclopedia um catalog at home there was still something that would would require you to go to the library but now it's right there in a box in a box or in the palm of your hand and this is one thing I try to get my kids to understand like no longer do do parents have to um, bullshit their way through through uh, through stuff um, I mean my kids know if I don't if I don't know something like right off or, or more, a lot of times even if I do know something if they ask me a question that's that's easy to find I tell them to do your Googles because that was one of the reasons why we got them tablets they have computer you know all this stuff computers phones they have all these resources and it's like look it up you know what I mean like j look it up um and that's even even not even just kids, adults. Sometimes I get a text from somebody, like my mom or something, you know, texting me a like something that she could have just t typed those same words into Google. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's weird how some people don't even. I, I guess it's not, a lot of times it's generational, but like I say, even with the even with the younger kids, it's like. They, they own a computer all the time, but it's like they don't realize the biggest importance of, of, of the internet, not not playing games and shit, 
is the vast amount of knowledge that is out there. For every horrible and despicable thing on the internet, there is a way to use it to increase your knowledge, to to expand your 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 the things you know about. So yeah, I've been looking for um, books, and, and for the biggest reason I've been looking for a book is that I want to get into shooting at least. Like I, I've I've never shot with a rangefinder. Um, the one rangefinder I have is a Polaroid that I converted, but I end up breaking <laughs> the rangefinder. So now is you know, and I I have to put a, a ground glass like a um, focusing glass on it. I had to rig up something because I, I end up breaking the um, the rangefinder mechanism on the Polaroid what 95A that I was converting. But I wanted to shoot with a rangefinder for for one main reason. Um, one main reason over the point and shoots that I've been I've been you know experimenting with is the 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 motor, the the camera advanced motor. It is so loud. I, I can't. I, I hate that sound. That I don't like that sound. So I was like, what what can I do to get away? To still have the same functionality of a point and shoot, the ease of use of a point and shoot, um, and I never thought of a rangefinder because when I think of rangefinders, I think of Leica, and I was like, I know I'm not buying a Leica, but I've been listening to this now defunct podcast that was based on rangefinder, and I've I've discovered all these other, I mean, some I knew about, I just didn't know if they were any good, uh, like these Russian. Leica clones and ever since I've been looking them up I was like these things you know you can get one for under like 50 bucks like a Yashica what is it uh, Yashica 35G or something like that is that it Yashica 35G and a um, Canon has a has one the Canonet QL17 then there's the Petri Petri P-T-R-I-7S so all, you know I've been discovering all these cameras the Fed 3 and I'm like, but you know, but I don't know anything about them. They like to me when it's like when you when you first start looking at cameras that you don't that's like based off something else. They all look the same. They to me they all look like Leicas. And I'm like, what what uh what's the difference besides the maker and what you know where where they were made and things like that. Um, you know, so I want to know about like the lenses and stuff like that. And I've been wanting like a camera history book anyway. So I was like, this would be the perfect opportunity to find one. So far, there's two I came across. One is called 500 Cameras. And I can't remember the subtitle. And the other one is by this guy. I think he I think he's a historian at the George Eastman's house. But his name is like Tony Gustafsson or something like that. And he has this book that that's a, a broad I mean it's like a thousand pages and it's like 41 bucks so I'm trying to find that one cheaper and, and I actually uh, just reserved the book at my library um, that I wanted to check out and I think it's the five I can't remember which one it is but I think it's like an early edition of the 500 cameras one. so that's what I'm that's what I'm looking for and I'm, I'm trying to find a rangefinder quick because 
our annual for for um every year for father's day we do two things we do a father-daughter hike i take my daughters on the hike um and we also do the circus we, we go to the uh ringling brothers barnum and bailey circus every year and i actually posted a picture from a few years ago from one of the the, the uh the trips we took and that was i think i took that with the canon g10 the canon power shot g10 that i had so i want to um i would like to to shoot with a rangefinder you know just just take in a little easy rangefinder some with a fast lens like a 1.7 um you know i know that i know i won't won't be able to you know have any uh telephoto so someone someone with a nice lens that that can give me a, a a good enough image that I can crop in close. So that's what I'm looking for. All right, what else going on? Um, got a chance to process C41. Uh, I posted the pick of the day from today and the pick of the day for yesterday were both shots that I processed. It was Fuji Color um, 400 ISO, and I'm pretty sure that film was expired. So the the C41 processing, the one the the chemical part, the processing part, the process was really really no different from uh from black and white. I mean, yeah, of course you, the chemicals are different. The the agitation, all that stuff is the same. The only difference is the only difference um that that can they can make a break how your images how your negatives come out is not having the right temperature so when i scanned them in and and inverted them i have i use lightroom to invert invert the, the negative to a positive and there there was this blue cast over the images and, and on some it was worse than others you know and i was able to of course if you see look at the two prints uh, the, the two shots that I put up on online um, I was able to get bring you know get the colors back but I'm, I'm wondering like is there just a, a process of the inversion because I, I saw one guy that did pretty much the same thing but he, he didn't have I mean he had the color correct white balance correct the image of course but it seemed like he didn't have as bad of a cast as as I did, and uh, and I don't think he processed his own. I think he had him processed. So either either that's just a pro a product of having to invert those pictures in you know using the computer, or I had expired film, or <laughs> I did something wrong in the uh, I had temperatures wrong or something. Um, so the next time so when i'm i have about four more rows that i'm going to process i have i have one one row that that i'm finishing shooting finish shooting and um the, i got a olympus uh, what is it olympus i can't remember the, the point of shoot i have but i've been using it at my uh daughter's softball games and she has a game tonight and she has one friday 
So between tonight and Friday, I'm gonna finish that roll and process four more rolls of film. I've been doing four at a time. Uh, you know, I have a tank that takes four rolls. So the one thing that took me took me way too long and I had to practice on it was loading the uh, stainless steel reels. This is my first time using the stainless steel reels. Um, and they're, they're the, from, from what I know, from what I looked up, they are the better ones. I, I have both. I have the, the Hughes, which are supposed to be the better ones. And then I have whatever the cheap ones, they have the little spring. The Hughes uh, stainless steel reels, they have this, these teeth, these, these two little teeth that catch the sprocket holes on the, on the uh, 35 millimeter negative. And they're supposed to be better for, for whatever reason. Actually, you know what? I don't even know that. I just saw that on one YouTube channel. One guy, he did a comparison. And he showed how, you know, he was pretty much loading the same, at, at the same time comparing how the ones with the, the, um, the little spring, the little spring clip would get off track, consistently get off track, but the Hughes one, the ones uh, that he was doing with the Hughes, you know, once he started, it pretty much went well. Well, I didn't have any experience. I had, you know, mine came off track and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's because um, when, you, when you are loading 35 millimeter film on the, on the roll, it's not like 120. That's the, before, before I did the 35 millimeter film, the only film that I've developed were uh, 120. And with 120, it's pretty much you 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 know remove the backing paper and you load the you load the film in the reel. Uh, but with 35 millimeter, you have to actually cut the lead. You have to cut the lead and you have to cut it in a way that pretty much you have to cut it in the dark between uh, two of the sprocket holes. So you have to cut it right where the tongue starts, the little lead starts. And you have to do it right between the, uh, you know, the two sprocket holes, so you won't have an uneven cut. And that was the problem I was I was having in the dark. You know, I kept cutting it uneven. So that's just something I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to practice on with like a either you know some old negatives or I'm just gonna sacrifice a roll of film. But it took me four. I timed it. It took me forty-five minutes to load four rolls of film on the, on those reels. Forty-five minutes. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I've loaded. Like I said, I've loaded one twenty before. I th I didn't think it was going to be that much different. Uh, you know, so um, I just have to. It's just something I have to practice on. But yeah, I mean, it, it took me way too long. So, but all in all. Is it something I think I can, I, I'm going to continue doing? Definitely. I'm going to continue to process my own um, C41 and, and even uh, some, some, uh, some, you know, some 120, uh, you know, once I get it down. But the one thing I have to do, I have to get some fresh film just so I can have that control down. You know what I mean? Like, so I can know, well, it's not the film because it's fresh film and then I can troubleshoot better. Because when you have too many unknowns, 
it's like, well, you don't know what your problem is. You know, I can narrow it down to where it's not film. And then from there, is it, is it the chemistry or the, the temperatures? Uh, am, I, am I getting light leaks in a dark room? You know, you can, it's different stuff. You can, you can troubleshoot. But um, out of the four rolls I, I shot, there was one camera and they did, again, it could have just been, it could have been the, um, it could have been the, the film was better, um, that had better results than, than the other ones. Uh, the macro, shooting with the macro mode on, on the oldest Pentax I have, the only, the only image that's usable is the one I posted from the day. That's, well, actually, there's another one uh, of the flamingos. I may post that one tomorrow. And the only thing with that is there's a uh, there's like a white mark and I'm not I can't remember I have to look at the negative I can't remember if that's uh, like a streak or something on it or if 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 there was a light leak or something but it looks like a light leak uh, on on that one but I I have to look at the negatives and make sure there wasn't anything on the negative um, so also. My, my 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 rigged up scanning, you know, I scanned those with my uh, K3, my Pentax K3, using the lid of my old scanner. So I have to take a picture and, I mean, and, and show you guys that, that setup. Um, I had to make, using, using mat board, I went, I just took a, took a print off an old, uh, some, some old images that, that when I used to do craft shows that I didn't sell. I just took a mat board backing from one of the prints and um, just pretty much made a, a template of like a, a slide carrier, a slide holder that, that, I was, that I'm able to shoot those negatives a lot quicker than I am able to scan. I mean, I did, I, it's, it's, it's real quick, it's real fast. So I pretty much just load it and it has a little mask mask hold for the 35 millimeter. And each time I take a shot using my cable release, I just pull it on through. Uh, I wish I had a, 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 a macro lens to where I can get closer, where I can get closer to, you know, uh, get closer to the negative, to, to where I can get better fidelity because I'm cropping way down to the negative. Um, so. But yeah, I just have to, it's, it's easier to, to see, get a visual. I have to show it to you, to you guys so you can get an idea. But yeah, from, from what I've seen from, from other people doing experiments and comparisons, it seems like if you have a, a, a you know, a, a pretty decent DSLR, not, e not even having to be full frame, you can, you can get almost equal, if not better quality digitizing your negative with a DSLR than you can with uh, you know enthusiast grade scanner yeah of course if you go drum scanner or like one of these over a thousand dollar scanners you know the, the results may be different but from what I saw I saw a guy do a comparison using like a I think it was like a um, whatever the scanner is above the Epson V600, 
I think he was using like the nine something uh whatever you know whatever the scanner is above the v600 I, I looked it up and it was it, it was like a 900 dollars scanner or six between six and nine hundred dollars scanner and he he showed side by side his results using his i think he was using like a canon something mark d or i don't know something but uh and, and the results were like neck and neck so i was like yeah you know because i because i already experimented with it using medium format but i just wasn't sure with these you know smaller negatives how would it uh come out so uh also using my same setup i'm going to make a slide carrier for my uh 120 for my medium format and reshoot those scans i uh reshoot those negatives that was on the zeiss icon so you know just to see if i can get better results because I, I you know i use a i use a slightly different setup the same equipment but a slightly different setup and i didn't have a you know i wasn't shooting them in 100 percent dark well not 100 percent, but you know as dark as i could uh of a room i you know i just had some ambient light going on so i'm, I'm uh, i may do it again and shooting in the same spot which is in my basement that I, sh that I did these uh 35 millimeter but all in all yeah i mean it's you know um once i get everything down i think i can get a routine of you know shooting shooting black and white or c41 and processing uh the only thing i have to figure out is where because you're not supposed to dump the, the C41 chemistry down the sink, you know, it's a little harsher, a little more harsh than than the black and white chemicals. So, but uh, I, I I I saw some people online and I've heard on podcasts where once they finish, they they put them in like jugs and and keep them, and and then you know at one time, like every so often, they take take it down to their camera shop like local mom and pop camera shop to get it disposed so i have to i have to call around and see if there's a place around here that i can do that otherwise i mean what the, what what do you do with it i don't know i don't know what you do with it if if you don't have a way of disposing it so they may be the the thing that kills it so i have to i have to figure that out um so uh oh also that Canon printer, that that Pro uh, Pro Ten, still banging out prints. I uh, printed um, one of my pick of the days. It was the the newest shot of my lilies that's that's bloomed. I printed that thing out, and it's you know spot on. I mean, it's so that printer prints so crisp, so clear, so. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a no-brainer. If you can find that Canon Pro 10, if you can find find that printer for a deal like I did under 300 bucks, get it. It is totally worth it. Um, I know there's a Pro One that prints bigger, bigger prints, uh, and it has I think 12 up to 12 cartridges, 12 ink cartridges, and it's supposed to be able to print black and white a little better. But it's like I think double the cost of, of what I paid. So 
I mean, you know, if you if you're gonna print more bigger than 13 by 19, I think that's the biggest I can print um, without using you know roll up. Uh, I can print panoramas, but I don't plan on doing that. But if yeah, if you need bigger uh, prints, then yeah, go for the Pro One. But if not, man, the Pro 10 is is is, is well worth it. Um, just forgot I was gonna say. Oh, and, and the other thing, yeah, I, I haven't had any clogging problems. Like, I've been trying to print once a week, but I went over a week on this last print. And you know what I noticed? Like, if you, if you don't, if you leave the print on, if you don't print for a few days, it does not automatic cleaning. You know, like, I'd just be sitting in the office and it, and it just, it, it goes through a cleaning cycle. So maybe that's why it doesn't clog up. But so far, um, I mean, I've printed, let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm visualizing the prints on my wall. One, two, one, two, three, four, five. I, I printed about five, five or six prints, uh, all five by sevens except for one. And the other thing I noticed is it seems like it's going through like a cleaning cycle before every print or maybe it's just because of the time that i'm waiting before prints and and there may be a feature that i can turn off or something like that even the automatic cleaning cycle may be a feature that i can disable but uh it's not using a lot of ink you know it's still compared to what what the epson would use in in cleaning cycles I don't think it's using as much ink as the as the Epson did when it does when it when it, the Epson printers does their cleaning cycles. And again, this is based off old Epson. I don't have you know I don't have the the newest uh, Epson that I had was a 2200. And maybe the new ones don't do that. But uh, you know it, it was it was time for me to get a new printer, and I was like you know what I I I've experienced Epson, never experienced any other printer of that level besides Epson so I just went with Canon and, and you know it was a good decision I'm I'm, uh, I'm pleased with my decision so um, yeah other than that just you know just uh, same as usual just 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 continue with these projects uh, <laughs> The 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 hundred day challenge workout, uh, it's going it's going good. I mean, I'm feeling it, but it's <laughs> it's going good. The thing about it though, this is the thing about it. it is you can tweet when when you make your own routines and things like that. When you when you when you do these challenges yourself, you can tweak them. You can do whatever you can do whatever you want. Like, um, you know what I mean? It just it's no it's no big deal. It's, I'm not stressing. It's just my my goal is just to do the workout, not not a specific workout, but workout for 100 days. So I tweak them every. It seems like every 20 days, I've been tweaking the workouts. So I'm coming up on another 20 days. I think I'm on day like 45 or something like that. Am I on day four? So not every 20 days. Yeah, so so, on, on like I think I think I planned it out on on day fifty, 
I'm going to tw- I'm going to switch to a different routine, which is uh which is to concentrate more on form. So on day 50, I'm going to switch from the workout I'm doing now to just one exercise, like a compound movement, and then just work on form. Um, you know, just 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 work on form as much as possible, and then you know do that for like 10, 20 days. And, switch it up again so that's it i'm rambling um yeah just stay tuned straighttalkuncut.com tell us at straight talk uncut if you got any questions or anything uh anything you want to know more about that i've been talking about any 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 you want details on some some of the things i'm doing some experiences or you know you got questions about the printer I'm using, uh, C41 process, any, anything I've been talking about. Uh, that's the best way to get me. That tell us at straighttalkuncut.com. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not on like social media. Um, I, you know, I just never, I'm just one of those guys that really never got into it, got into Twitter or, or anything like that. So, uh, so yeah, so email, <laughs> email is is the best way to get me. You know what's funny is I remember when I was in the Air Force and they were trying to make uh, email. They had just started to make email an official form of communication, and I remember like what? No more runners? Like you know, before that it was like you had a runner to to deliver messages and stuff like that. Um, and I remember how how resistant to using email as an official form of communication even when i was in college because you know i i uh i went to started college in 92 and i and my major was computer science and i remember uh, having to deliver electronically uh some of my program projects and a hard copy and i was like well you know i was i was like What's the purpose of of the of the electronic if we have to print all this shit out in the hard copy? And I remember being kind of resistant to that because my instructor would only disseminate her findings through through the internet through email, and um, and at the time I didn't have we didn't have internet at home. You know, internet was a, a school campus thing. We didn't have internet. We didn't have email. And I remember having to uh, just go to the lab, <laughs> just go to the computer lab just to check email. You know, I would have to like drive from work, like come from work, um, go, uh, yeah, go, like not even have school yet, but but like wanted to know if there was something I need to fix or work on my program. And I would have to go to the lab and then you would have to reserve a computer just to check just to check your assignments you know it was like but at the time I, it's like it seems like ridiculous now but i remember going in there and have to like reserve time on a computer just to just to check uh assignments or just to check my grades and shit like that and then ah uh, man and then like if there was something that i needed to fix in my code that mean, oh, no going home. That means you're gonna fix that code and then you're gonna leave that lab and go straight to work. 
in the same same clothes you had on. <laughs> so there was like no no going home. It was like no going home. It was like going straight from the lab back to work. Um, but luckily enough, one of the jobs I had, because I had like three jobs when I was in college. One of the jobs I had was on campus. Uh, and it was a cool dude. He was working at the, the like land shop. It, it's pretty much what what uh, Geek Squad is now, but it was for, you know, on campus. Uh, and at the time, I remember we were running, getting everything set up for a land for the intranet. So we were running Ethernet, J J what for the J forty five cables to all these different main. Just just thinking about that, man. Like thinking about the experiences, it's like it's just crazy. Um, it's just crazy to think about now. Like everything is like wireless, but I remember that being a big deal. Like, what we're gonna be able to communicate with the the uh, the the science building all the way from the computer lab, and you know. Anyway, I'm rambling. I was gonna end it, so I'm ending it now. Like I always say, I don't know a lot, but what I do know, I talk straight about. Hey, man, this has been Straight Talk Uncut. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Until next time, talk to you in the next episode.